Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Each episode features educators sharing their practical ideas to put more science, technology, engineering, and math into every classroom every day. For show notes and more information, visit dailystem.com. Here's your host, Chris Woods. So today on the STEM Everyday Podcast, I'm excited that we get to chat with Anthony Childs. He's a STEAM educator. He is a student support coordinator in Augusta, Georgia. If you want to connect with him on Twitter at Principal Steam or his website is mvpspaces.com, which really tries to take just a whole holistic approach to, to education, to learning, to what we're actually doing when we get kids thinking about STEM and STEAM and making and all those different things. So, so welcome to the show today, Anthony. Hello, thank you for having me. Yeah, so excited. And first off, just tell us a little bit about yourself. And, and not only, Anthony's got a great story of uh, how it kind of went from what you wouldn't think of as a STEM type of uh, teaching career to, to having that STEM certification. Sure. So, you know, when I was little, I really love, I, wa- I love children. Uh, I wanted to do something. I actually wanted to be a doctor. Okay. And my dad was in the military, so we moved around a lot. I've lived in Germany, Alaska, South wow. Carolina, just a lot of different places. Yeah. Uh, and so when I got high school, I actually uh, moved down to Georgia in 1998. And uh, of course, I was in band at a young age. Mm-hmm. And my high school band director was such an influence on me. Um, but I was like, you know what? I don't want to be a doctor. I want to be a band director. So uh, I went to college, uh, became a band director, and I did that for six years. And, uh, you know, I knew something about leadership. Uh, I wanted to do something. You know, I guess my ultimate goal one day would be a, to be a superintendent. But for right now, I know leadership was something I wanted to do. So I got into leadership as an assistant principal um, during my seventh year of education. Yeah. And since then, I've been uh, assistant principal. I've been a principal. And now I'm working at the central office uh, as the student, student support coordinator. So I work with uh, PBIS, RTI, and 504. And it just so happened that I think last year, uh, a couple of our teachers were going through an endorse- STEM endorsement. And I said, well, uh, it kind of interests me a little bit. And I said, well, you know, it, they, they're doing the arts part. So, you know, STEAM. I was mm-hmm. like, I, I'd be, that'd be kind of neat to, you know, kind of figure out what kind of things uh, STEM has in the you know, STEAM space, especially dealing with arts. Right. And so I, you know, I signed up and I was like, this, this shouldn't be that hard. Um, you know, as far as that's concerned, oh my goodness, let me tell you, uh, our, you know, my professor, the first day that we had our class and said, I know this is an endorsement class, but this is good. You're going to do graduate level work. All right. And when I was, when I first, I was like, man, I ain't been in school in like 10 years. Like literally. <laughs> so I think, you know, I got my specialist back in 2009. Uh, and so, you know, like almost right after, right out of college. So I was like, I had done, you know, kind of. Uh, college work in a while. <laughs> so uh, when she said, you know, it's going to be a lot of work and, you know, a lot of people just, we looked around like, oh my goodness, I, you know, dealing with, you think about a, a teacher that has all of these other things, you know, all these other hats they have to wear, you know, surely the instructor would give us a little bit of leeway. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was taught just like we didn't have another job. This was the only thing that we had. Yeah. And I'm so glad that it was like that because I found that this is the type of work that it's going to take in order for teachers to transform their teaching and for education to transform to what students really, really need. Yeah. And, and in fact, Anthony and I were chatting a little bit before we, we started the episode about that transformative aspect of education, what learning should be like. 
we're looking at all sorts of changes happening right now with, with distance learning and remote learning options for, for some people in some schools and just rethinking how do we do this education thing. There's a lot of potential for change, isn't there, Anthony? There, there really is. You know, I, I've known that the, f- the last four or five years, um, you know, that change is going to come. Uh, mm-hmm. There are a lot of different uh, educators out there that are talking about the vision of the future for education. And, you know, one of the things that comes up quite often is personalized learning. Mm-hmm. You know, so just making sure that students at their particular level and speed are, are given exactly what they need. You know, I know that in the business world, this has already happened, right? So, yeah. I mean, everything is curated to your specific need. If you want something on Amazon, right? They know I mean, what you, you want. <laughs> right, right. And it pushes it pushes it to you. YouTube, right? Everything that you search for, it curates an exact playlist for you and it continues this whole personalized learning. So, you know, again, the, a lot of the educator uh, in the educator space, they're really saying, hey, this is where it's going. And so I was thinking, you know, maybe in the next three or four years, you know, it was going to get to where just do a lot of this blended learning. And there's going to be a lot of different districts that were going to take this on. And then the pandemic hit and it was like it thrust us into, you know, the deep end. Yeah. Like <laughs> so toss, toss us into I the deep end. A lot of, yeah. So a lot, of t- a lot of districts that already had this kind of forethought to, to go ahead and go in this space, um, you know, of course, did really well. Um, and then some who were kind of on the teetering end of uh, making it work uh, struggled a little bit. But I think it's really shown a lot of the inequities, you know, just with like Internet access and mm-hmm. how we're going to be able to deliver this. Because, again, teachers, uh, some of them aren't used to the online and remote learning. So, um, you know, what can we do to really make sure that they are ready for it in the future? Because I don't think we're going to go back to what we call normal teaching. No, I think I think definitely we're not only ripe for change, but yeah, it's it's something that everybody has realized that this is a need. Things need to change. Things need to be like you asked, like you mentioned, Anthony, having it be more personalized. And I, I love that connection. That's such a great connection. I never thought of that about Amazon curating to what our needs or our wants are. And, and to somehow, how do we bring that aspect into education? Thinking through also, here you were this band director. And, and your interest in, in music and, and the arts and going into this aspect of trying to help more people, more educators be familiar with working with STEM. A lot of people don't see how connected those things really can be. Well, you know, it, it's really connected. Um, you know, I just take about the, the scientific method, right? Yep. Uh, one of the, the, you know, the, I know the proposal model, that's one of the different scientific methods that they use. Uh, and that's what we use in our STEAM training with endorsement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was going through that process and looking at the different aspects of that on the slope, you know, because nothing is really linear, always going back to the drawing board mm-hmm. to make sure we can tweak certain things and improve certain things and always questioning. Right. And you really think about it, especially when we get to this high stakes testing, you know, kind of paradigm in the last 10 to 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, fine arts has always had some type of steam level foundation because we've, we're always going back to the drawing board, right? We're always the form of assessment that we use by listening and making meaning of what we hear and being able to assess, right? And really get down to the individual student level and student need. And then things that are really relevant. You know, I almost think that uh, one of the things I, I tweeted out, this is maybe a few weeks ago, I think it was one of the things that you had talked about what education needs. And I said, it, re- it needs real education. And yeah. I had an acronym for that. And the first thing was relevance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have to have more relevance in education. And, you know, like we talked about before, prior to the show, um, that, you know, 
some kids are spear in the 15th century, right? How does that connect with what I'm doing today? And what do I need to do it for my future? Right. And a lot of kids can't see that connection. So, no. you know, we have to make sure things are relevant and STEM provides that because a lot of things we do, like whether it's a grand challenge or, you know, anything, it's, it's always got to be relevant. So it's yeah. going to be current. And yeah. Kids are motivated. Yeah. Kids will be a lot more motivated if we as educators show them the relevance of what they're learning. This is the reason why. And, and, and to me, that's one of the biggest benefits of focusing on STEM and STEAM, because it really is that connection between the real world and um, the content, the standards that we talk about in our classroom. So that was the R for real. Uh, yeah. E is empathy, right? Empathy. Oh, my goodness. You know, <laughs> don't we need it so much in yeah. this today right yeah we really do you know i really felt you know of course with social emotional learning a lot of students may come back to school traumatized mm -hmm. and you know i was talking to the new teachers today and you know i i told them uh what are you going to do if let's say a kindergartner comes up to you and this may be a kid that has had trauma in their life maybe some abuse and they need a hug right yeah. what are you gonna i just said you need to hug them yeah you know i <laughs> I know, I know we have the guidelines and some people are like, look at me like, well, I mean, we really do, right? Because what, what more damage could we do if we, if we say, stay away from me, right? Get, get six uh, feet. We're going to do more damage. And I think through this pandemic, we've seen a rise in mental health issues, mm -hmm. right? And we've seen yeah. a rise and a lot of people are not being empathetic one to another. They don't understand. And so because of it, right, we, we fear what we don't know. We fear what we don't understand. So rather than try to understand, we'll just push it away because we're fearful. Yeah. So building that empathy is, is going to be really important. Yeah, we do. We, we fear what we don't know. And, and, and again, that's another reason why we need to do everything we can to, to support those kids and, and to give them uh, even the information that they can, so that they don't have to, uh, to fear as well. So we got relevance, we got empathy, A. Action. Action. So this is just mental and physical action. Uh, you know, a lot of times we think uh, students are just gonna sit in a chair all the time. Uh, not so, we gotta get them up, we gotta get them moving, right? Cause this, yeah. the brain-based uh, research behind moving is so key to what we're doing, but also mental, right? So now we're talking about getting into that rigor and really having those challenges and those thought processes. So when we're doing the inquiry and we're questioning students, we're getting them to actually think deeper, right? We're really taking those critical thinking skills mm -hmm. to the next level and putting them to work instead of it just being, again, on a conveyor belt. Let's just yep. make sure I have 100 standards. I got to get through them in nine months so we don't have time, yep. an opinion about. Right, yeah. So relevance, empathy, action. And I love that aspect, Anthony, of, of action. Again, we're chatting with Anthony Childs. And again, you can find him on Twitter at principalsteam or at mvpspaces.com. I want to hit a little bit on that on that action before we go on to the L word, because a lot of people are thinking through, kids are going to be at home working maybe on a computer. How do you still bring some of that action when a kid is working on distance learning? Sure. Well, one thing I just say is uh, work on little projects that students can utilize at home, like little mm -hmm. different things. You know, I, I've seen, I think you've posted a lot of this stuff where kids <laughs> yeah. just are just using their imagination yeah. and they're going out and getting dirt. They're getting little spoons and, you know, they can have a little grand challenge with themselves to yeah. find different things in their house. Uh, you know, I love this. Uh, one of the uh, TV shows that's let's make a deal. Yeah. Cause this is how you can make it equitable. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but you know, people just have random stuff 
they in do. their you know in their purses and whatnot. <laughs> and so the great thing about that, it's equitable, right? So we're not, we're not thinking about well, if we do this activity at home, what if a kid doesn't have this this particular information or this particular material? Right. So by thinking ahead and just thinking all of the random things that you can get. It makes it equitable and just say, hey, we're going to have this little challenge and we're going to see who can make something just using these materials right. that we know everybody will have at the house. Right. Man, we're yeah. getting kids to really think and, and build that action. And, and, you know, for years and years, we've, we've always thought about, you know, especially think back to the Great Depression. There was that, you know, got to be able to make do with whatever you've got. You know, yes. some, of that, some of that attitude, that spirit maybe could really be helpful, especially in this time. Um, Educators, if you haven't already, make a plan or a list of some things that, that you could suggest to your kids to, to find a box or an empty bin at home. And, and at the beginning of the school year, if, if we're doing remote learning at your school, have those kids go around their house and, and throw some items in their, in their box, you know, their box of making, their box of wonder, give it a fun name and um, just, just remind kids that there's, there's things all around their house right now that they could be using to, to build all those, all those skills. That's right. I, I love it. Uh, it. Again, it builds relevance. It's right there. Yep. And it's easy to be able to be used. Yep. And you go from there. All right. So definitely relevance, empathy, action. What's the L word for real? Lifelong learning. Lifelong learning. Oh, man. You know, this is out of all of them. Um, you know, I think back in the day, we really used to uh, create students or develop students to be lifelong learners. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, again, with, I think with the adage of the high stakes testing, uh, we eliminated the ability to critically think, right, to collaborate and to communicate with one another mm-hmm. and to have those creative thinking skills. And so uh, with 100 standards, like again, like I said, 100 standards, you can't teach lifelong learning skills. And so what, what are we taking out is the ability to connect, to inter, you know, intertwine the reason why science, technology, engineering, math, and even arts are all mm-hmm. connected, right? Because we, we need it. Yeah. And so now I'm seeing that I have to pay attention in reading because my math, my math uh, lessons or my math problems have a little bit of reading in it and I have to be able to identify some of the things that are there. I mm-hmm. can even use that with science. Yeah. Right. So and the history behind maybe something that you're working on creating, it all intertwines together and works so much more when we have that lifelong learning uh, connection. That intertwines word is, is such an important word for education. And, and the moment you really break down and think about what does it mean when things intertwine, they're just like all tangled up, like, like you pull an extension cord out of your garage. And I tell you what, that thing is always intertwined. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yes, it is. There's, there's no, there's, there's no pulling that thing apart. Uh, but that's, that's what we want education to be. We want all those subjects to be so closely tied together that you can't separate out uh, the history from the math, yes. from the science, from the literacy, from the arts, from the PE and the action um, of all those things. So uh, relevance, empathy, action, lifelong learning. Uh, that's, that's about making education real, isn't it, Anthony? It is. And you know, I just think about the, the last thing about lifelong learning is the continuous learning. Mm-hmm. So always wanting to learn. You know, I think sometimes, especially as teachers, uh, we wanted to really to do some more action research, right? There's so much research out here now, especially in the last three to five years with the brain and mm-hmm. how kids learn. And so sometimes we wait for a program to, you know, tell us or some type of company to tell us, hey, this is our materials. But then the teachers aren't doing that action research to learn. Right? Some of this stuff is just free. Go out 
look at what's going on, go see how the brain is, is being, you know, scanned and whatnot to be able to see how students are able to learn. So the science of learning is actually giving us so much more tools to be able to be more efficient and effective at teaching. Yeah. And I think, I think something that educators all instinctively know, they can look in a classroom, you know, and, and a brain scan is great. But I tell you what, just a scan of the classroom and looking at the eyes and looking at, you know, are their heads propped up on their, on their fists or whatever. That's even the kind of scan that sometimes we need to do to say, Hey, maybe I need to improve what I'm doing as an educator. I need to make some changes and and going back to right what we said at the beginning, Anthony, just that aspect of this is a prime time to try new things as educators. Yeah. And, and be willing to, to fail, right? I mean, failure. I I think it was that I saw the other day that uh, Harley Davidson uh, was actually born out of the great depression uh, during that time. So you have some companies that goodness, I'm not going to, you know, create my business because look at the, look at the, you know, the landscape of everything, but some of the greatest ideas and inventions have come out of hard times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think you're going to see already, you're seeing a lot of innovation happening in this pandemic in uh, the challenges that we face right now. You got people just like you talked about grand challenges Um, and and maybe not everybody's familiar with some of those. Um, Are you, I'm guessing you're referring to like those 14 grand challenges. Yes, uh, just the grand challenges, or just ones that you can make that you can develop uh, within your local community that is more relevant and specific to you know what the again local community will do. Right. Uh, but again, either either those 14 big grand challenges or ones that the the teachers can create um, is so important because again it it kind of structures everything, how you want things to, to be. And then you can put those little small ones in place, to, you know, put them all together. Yeah. Uh, but it's important for us to you know, localize uh, yeah. the understanding of education students. You know, they may not be able to go to China or they may not be able to go to South America to, you know, do some uh, water project or something like that. Exactly. You can see that, you know, we, we have water runoff uh, in our local community here that may uh, be affecting, you know, some wildlife. What mm-hmm. can we do about that? Yeah. Right. So there's so many things that would make students be more motivated and interested because it's right in their backyard. Yeah. And I think that brings it right back to the to relevance and, and even the empathy for for what's around me, what's in my surroundings, my community, ways that I can I can use those problem solving skills and maybe think through at a younger elementary kid is not going to be able to think at the same level that a high schooler can approach a problem at. But That's they can right. both still approach that problem in our classroom with, with opportunities and ideas to make a difference, to make something that changes things. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's experimental. One of the things I love about STEM and STEAM is that it's more, it's more hands-on. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I, re- I remember one of the uh, presentations I, I went to, uh, it says, we remember what we touch. Uh, and this is right. Isn't this so true? Yeah. Right? I, I can't remember the Pythagorean theorem <laughs> and how to use it for something. But, you know, it is so important because I remember all the field trips that we went on. Yeah. I remember in I was in fifth grade and this is when I lived in Charleston and we uh-huh. went to Merrill Lynch. So we kind okay. of looked a little bit investment banking. Yep. And I still remember my fifth grade science teacher telling us that we should when we go to the water fountain, we should wait about five seconds because all of the mineral deposits you know, have coming out of the, out of the tube. Yep. And so if you wait a little bit, uh, you know, that'll actually make sure your, your water's a little bit more cleaner. Yeah. Just little stuff like that. I, I remember doing that. I was taking the sip and he, and he told me that. So I remember that. And that got me more interested in science. Yeah. yeah. 
So, you know, just little stuff like that, just yeah. that I think is just so remarkable. Yeah. And definitely, especially right now where, again, we talked through those opportunities that kids may be learning at home in uh, the year 2020, 2021. Um, we don't know exactly what those things are all going to look like, but there are opportunities. Again, with that problem, there's opportunities for kids to be very hands-on and be able to to learn together as a family. They can they can hop into the kitchen and do some cooking. Maybe maybe yes. grandma can come over and teach them a recipe that's been in the family for years. What an incredible opportunity that is, not only just for uh, learning fractions of, of measuring and stuff, but also just that, that interconnectedness between the generations. Yes, which is so, it's so, it's so needed now. Yeah. We really, you know, our, our young our people right now, I know, especially with technology, I love technology, but, you know, one of the yeah. dark sides of it is that they get so engrossed into yeah. technology. So, you know, us being able to teach them responsibly how to use it and making sure that the family connection and that human connection is still there. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to lose sight of that, especially in the, the remote learning and whatnot. Yeah. I tell you what, I'd rather spend time with my grandma than with TikTok. So that's right. <laughs> Even though TikTok is funny, <laughs> it's, it can be funny. So, um, so a right. um, couple, couple other questions here, Anthony. And again, we're chatting, having a, just a great time hearing some just incredible ideas uh, from Anthony Childs. Again, you can find him on Twitter at Principal Steam. And then his website is mvpspaces.com if you want to hear more about just some of the different things that he, uh, that he has and just that holistic, that relevance, empathy, action, and lifelong learning, that real aspect of education. Um, what, do you, what do you hope or what do you see as the future? I know things change so quickly right now, but what do you hope or see as the future of STEM education and STEAM education right now, Anthony? Well, I really see it getting pushed to the forefront of how we actually conduct teaching and learning. Hmm. Um, you know, again, be, again, this pandemic has showed us that I, I think I heard a, a podcast um, with some students that there was a it was a student panel mm -hmm. and they were uh, the, the person was asking them, well, what have you learned out of the pandemic so far? And they said, well, we learned that we don't really have to go to school eight hours a day. <laughs> really, it, that if we could go for only two and a half hours, we could actually get the same amount of learning. Right. Uh, and still be able to be effective and, and, and be successful in achievement of what we have to do. So I, I hope that it goes forward to, for us to be able to understand that some of this, all this, some of the standards that we're teaching, you know, it, it's like we have a hundred standards, but then we say only teach the power standards, yeah. but then the students are still going to be assessed on the other ones. Yeah. So I really, uh, the benefit of STEM being able to hit multiple standard standards at one time, there and so go. teachers are going to start seeing the relevance of intertwining the interdisciplinary subjects so that students have a more robust understanding and a comprehension that's beyond what even the test is going to be able to show you, right? Because I know a test can't show you if a student is able to build and design something and then tell you how it works and how they were able to go through this failing and designing, failing and designing process yeah. to get to where they are. I mean, that would blow my mind. Yeah, right you on. Know? That's yeah. right on, Anthony. That's that's awesome. And, and especially, I just wrote that down, that trying to hit multiple standards at the same time. Yeah, if you've got 100 standards and you need to hit all 100 of them, <laughs> of course, if you can hit four or five at the same time, because you're hitting the science, technology, engineering, math, and some literacy and history all at the same time. Yeah, definitely. Why not? That's yeah. that's such a, such a great point. Um, last question I love to ask everybody, Anthony, if you could have somebody from STEM, past or present, come and... Um, inspire the kids in your school, uh, who would it be? 
I don't think I would have lunch or maybe dinner, even come having come to my uh, classroom. Yep. yep. Kichiro Toyota. Yes, this is the son of the creator of the Toyota Automotive Company. All right. So um, his dad actually created uh, the first automatic loom. Really? And so, yeah. And so he took some of his dad's designs and he really got, he wanted to go into the automotive space. Uh-huh. But if you, you know anything about Toyota, you know, they are synonymous for uh, continuous improvement. Yeah. There's a thing in Japanese culture is called Kaizen. And it's basically continuous improvement every day, everywhere, everyone. And I, w- I was watching a YouTube video, actually, uh, this is a few months back, mm-hmm. and just talking about the history of Toyota. And they were talking about on the assembly line. Mm-hmm. And if somebody finds something wrong with one of the parts, they will push it or they'll pull it, I think. And everybody cheers. And you would oh. think, well, why do they cheer? They cheer because they found a mistake. And so now they can dive in and dig in and try to figure out what happened and improve it even more. So, wow. right, that continuous improvement, that failure is actually a benefit to see what you can do in order to improve. So wow. I really love continuous improvement. And I would love again to, to have them to come to show how that process of continuous improvement has developed to make Toyota, you know, they're one of the, the number one selling automotive and most reliable, yeah. I would say, uh, manufacturers of vehicles. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, if anybody from Toyota is listening, um, just reach out to Anthony uh, at Principal <laughs> Steam. Uh, he, he'd love to have you come to his school. I, I love that story. And, and Anthony, that is perfectly the reason why I love asking that question because you get everybody listening to the podcast right now gets to hear these incredible stories about people or things that they may not have ever heard about. And I love that idea of, of everybody cheering. That's, that's really cool. I, I can imagine yeah. trying to do that in the classroom somehow. So I gotta, I'm going to have to see if I can find a, <laughs> find, find a little bit more about the history of Toyota. So any, oh, yeah. any, any other last thoughts, Anthony, you'd love to, to share with the listeners today? I just, I love steam. Mm-hmm. It's what everybody should be doing. Um, and if, if nobody doesn't have a particular uh, STEM program or anything in your school, just start working with some of your teachers that uh, mm-hmm. have different subjects in you and start working on integrating. How can you integrate the, the learning yeah. and make it connect to students and make it relevant? Yeah. And again, if somebody wants some more ideas, I mean, there are, I'm speaking from experience here. Every person that I've talked to here on the podcast has been a source of just incredible ideas of, of so many different ways that STEM can connect in a classroom. So there's over 160, 170 episodes of, of people that are definitely going to hit something that if anybody's curious uh, in their classroom as well. So sure. Anthony, it's been just super uh, chatting with you today. Anthony Childs, again, you can find him at Principal Steam on Twitter or MVPSpaces.com. So, so great to be able to, to, to meet you and get to hear your passion for education, Anthony. Thank you so much. I appreciate for the opportunity. Yeah. And again, that relevance, empathy, action, and lifelong learning. Uh, we got to be doing that in our classroom each and every day to help every kid uh, have that opportunity to learn. So as always, thanks for listening to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcast app you listen on. Leave a review. It helps more educators to find it. And again, you can find all the archived shows on dailystem.com and uh, keep up the good work educators because you are doing uh, the greatest job ever.